Meet the most beautiful creature of the future, Barbarella. Jane Fonda is Barbarella. See Barbarella do her thing with the nice angel, with the black queen, with the hand-to-hand -hand Romeo. See Barbarella do her thing in the deadly dollhouse, in the palace of pleasure, in the biting birdcage, in the chamber of dreams, and in the wild excessive machine. You find adventure beyond your imagination when you get lost in space with Barbarella. I got it. Barbarella, from Paramount, in Technicolor. So they call this a movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damien Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamien.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Damien. We're also now a proud member of Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, everyone. And I think you needed to supply us with drugs before this movie. I think it was irresponsible to make us watch this completely sober. BYOD, man. Got to bring your own drugs. <laughs> you didn't? All right. No, I, actually, I probably could, but... Um... <laughs> well, before we get into this psychedelic fever dream that we watched this week, guys, what have you been watching otherwise? I watched the brand new HBO Max release of... Mortal Kombat. Uh, I helped review it on Geek Vibes Nation last night, and I was happy to hear I wasn't the only one who didn't really enjoy it. I know, Mark, I think you liked it, right? Yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. The only thing I didn't really love, which is what I think most people didn't love, unless they eventually do something good with him, was the new guy. Yeah, I was not a fan of him. Yeah, was... if, they, if they somehow turn him into what his lineage is and he becomes the new that person... Mm -hmm. I may like the choice better, but what they did in this movie was not great. He was quite boring. And uh, yeah. the thing, I don't think this spoils anything. Maybe it does. Maybe, I don't it's know. It's Mortal Kombat, Dan. Well, <laughs> it, it's no longer like, so, Ant, you've played Mortal Kombat before. I think yeah. we've all played, right? So everyone has, like, special moves, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, Sub-Zero with the, the ice ball, Scorpion with the spear, yada, yada, yada. So it's not just that they have these special moves. It's they have to unlock their arcana. Yeah. And I rolled my eyes so hard when they said arcana. I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, why do they need to unlock arcana? Why can't it just be, you know, certain individuals have technology like Sonya Blade and Jax? Or if you wanted to do like your inner chi for Liu Kang and Liu Kung Lao... That makes sense, but it, it's dumb. I hated it. They also had some very stupid characters in there. That no, Reiko. I, you don't like Reiko? Reiko. God. <laughs> Mortal the, Kombat 4's Reiko? You don't... <laughs> <laughs> they, they might as well have brought back like the, the weird-looking Nazi dude. Do you remember him from... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think he was in Mortal Kombat Deception. 
Oh God, Hanzu, whatever. Yeah, and then the the vampire Natara. No one cares about her. I <laughs> man, there was just a lot of missed opportunities. But um, I do have to say one thing, and I don't know if you'll agree with me. I don't. I yeah, I'm pretty sure you may not. <laughs> To be honest, it sounds like um, it's coming from a positive place, so I doubt it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I didn't hate Kano. Oh, I loved Kano. Okay. Kano was thought, easily I the best part. Always- no, I I think they made him out to be like the 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 like diamond in the rough star of this movie. Yeah. He was uh he was quite funny. The the best part is after he gets his Arcana, mm. and he just stops and goes, "Is that it?" <laughs> <laughs> his tirade is great. When he he's going in on Liu Kang and Kung Lao. It's, but yeah, just the mood change from the moment, and then as soon as it happens, he just stops and big smiles. Is that it? I knew I'd get it first. I knew I'd get it. <laughs> yeah, I I thought he was cool. Like there were some good fights in it and all that, but yeah, just like the new guy was very boring. His Arcana was. I thought it was probably one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in an action movie. It's and do you plan on seeing this movie? I'm sure you are. Not anytime soon. All right. Uh, do you care if I tell you what his arcana is? No, go ahead. So remember in Black Panther when he upgrades his suit and it's like kinetic energy, uh-huh. right? He gets hit and he can like unleash it. So the new guy, he gets a suit of armor pretty much. And whenever he gets hit, it glows. I was like, oh, well, all right, that's cool. So he can like unleash like a devastating blow. That No, it just glows. That's it. It just because he gets his ass kicked so frequently, he needed a set of armor. That was it. Like, yeah, like you're just gonna get torn in half if we don't give you this. So, <laughs> yeah, like he he gets in one scene, he gets the armor and immediately gets hit in the chest with a uh, car door, and, it's, and that's it. Like that's the lamest superpower ever. <laughs> he glows. If there's two things you come to this movie for, come for Kano. Mm-hmm. Kano's real good. In every scene he's in. And also, Jax's little arms. Oh, his baby arms. His baby arms. When he's trying to punch the punching bag. Yeah. <laughs> the Kano has I a good cried. arm there, too. <laughs> they make them in men's sizes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah he's easily the best part. So I, I watched that. And then I watched a little gem called Down Periscope. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. Times. So, full disclosure, I thought it was Mikhail's Navy. Mikhail's Navy is the one with Tom Arnold, right? Yes. Down Periscope is the one with Fraser. Kelsey Grammer, yes. Not that that makes it any better, <laughs> right? It's not like, oh, well, you know, I wanted to watch The Hunt for Red October, but I wound up watching Crimson Tide, you know? <laughs> it's it's totally different. This is two shitty movies, but I was but I was like, oh, all right, well, Kelsey Grammer's in this. This should be fine. It was not fine. <laughs> no, doesn't. So I remember liking it when I was a kid, but I also haven't seen it in. Uh, no, I didn't like it very much. There was uh, who's I'm trying to think of what the guy's name from something about Mary, the guy who is the 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 serial killer that Ben Stiller picks up. Is it Harlan Williams? Harlan Williams, yeah. I remember he's what is in it? it, and a yeah, not a guy that that could be Joe Rogan in your in your memory banks, but isn't Joe Rogan? No, no Joe Rogan. <laughs> Patton Oswalt's in it. He has one line. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah he shows up in it. Rip Torn as well. Yeah. But, oh, man, this movie is... Um... Lauren Holly, I think, is in Is she, like, the, the woman in it? Yes, she's the uh, lieutenant, and they just make sexist jokes against her. It's, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be allowed in today's age, I would say. I, I think that movie wouldn't get made regardless because it was pretty terrible. But 
down periscope i remember i remember down down periscope kelsey grammar is pretty good i think it's interesting that kelsey grammar could still be pretty good in a movie that's bad and i think that kind of speaks well to his acting chops Mm -hmm. because i enjoyed him in it but everything else i hated william h macy's in it oh man this is a pretty pretty decent cast pretty good besides rob schneider Harry Dean Stanton, Bruce Dern. Oh, Bruce uh, Dern is in. I forgot about that. Toby Huss, who's already the strongest man in the world. Oh, that's right. He's the he's the electrician. He is very annoying in that movie. <laughs> his his gag is that he holds wires together so that oh, Kelsey right. Grammer can communicate. Yeah, he he has to hold. He gets electrocuted. He's like the the communications guy. Yes. But they're all, they're all, it's like a shitty sub. So they're all like frayed wires. So he has to hold on to them. Yes. And, oh, and if you like someone making whale noises for a good two to R. three R. minutes, yeah. yeah, this is the movie for you, by the way. It's just a solid three minutes of Harlan Williams just making whale noises. Oh, man. If you don't want to stab two pencils into your ears after that, <laughs> I got, you know, you're a better person than I am. You're stronger willed. <laughs> Is all yeah. you watched this week? That's that's all I watched. What about you, Mark? Just Mortal Kombat, essentially. I watched through that. The my final thought on it, just one last thing is I do like some of the small fan service in it. Don't want to spoil it so that some people, you know, can get it, but but just some small things that tied into the game did make me laugh going, Oh my god, they thought of that? You know, to put it in a movie. But yeah, it's not terrible. It goes by pretty fast because there's not much of a plot to it. And it feels like the longest prequel to a movie ever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. As for me, I didn't really watch anything. We started, for whatever reason, my wife decided, you know what, I want to start a rewatch of The Walking Dead. And then we watched two episodes of it, and then we stopped. <laughs> so that so, was it, really. <laughs> so, Ant, you never got to find out that the humans were the real Walking Dead? Yeah. No. Yeah. And I didn't get, <laughs> to watch, didn't get to watch Shane die. That's when the show goes downhill. Because oh. John Bernthal is the best part of that show. <laughs> I would say after the governor, I, I give it up into the governor, and then after that, it yeah, it tanks hard. But yeah. John Bernthal easily the best villain. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched it through five seasons, I guess. It feels like it's so much longer ago, but I think I, maybe four. It was whenever they had that Beth double episode where she like goes off on her own. Mm. She winds up with my cousin Skeeter or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, it's uh, Everybody Hates Chris. Yeah, everybody Everybody Hates hates Chris, Chris. yeah. Yeah. So they got into a pattern where they had these characters that were always on the sidelines, Mm -hmm. and then they knew that they were going to kill off these characters. So they, right before that, they always gave them, like, a a storyline that ended with them dying. Like, T-Dog. T-Dog didn't do shit for, like, three seasons, and then they finally gave him, like, this story arc that ended with him dying in the prison. And then Beth was the most useless character in the entire show. And then they finally gave her something so they could kill her off and try and be emotional about it. And it's bullshit. Like, all <laughs> they right, didn't do a good job with that. Yeah. It's like, I see the framework that you're building here and what you're doing every time, trying to manip- manipulate us to caring about these characters that we haven't yet. So then I tapped out. And then Negan showed up. And I'm like, oh, well, he was so good in the in the comics, but I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's still going. I, I think it's the last season. Who knows? <laughs> And then know. they have the spin-offs. They have the Fear of the Walking Dead, which is probably the same shit. 
Yeah. Even less... At least the beginning of The Walking Dead had some endearing characters. Fear the Walking Dead has none of that. I don't think I've ever seen it. I've seen... I saw the first season, and I actively rooted for everyone to die. (laughs) It's like in L.A., right, or something? Yes, it's on the West Coast, yes. Yeah. Automatically, nobody's likable. (laughs) No. Yeah, they're ter- all terrible, all annoying people. Well, that's our Walking Dead roundup, guys. I didn't expect it to go there. But uh, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break so we can listen to some ads and pay some bills, and then we'll be right back. And welcome back. And now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was my pick. So this week, I felt like we were focusing a little bit too hard on the 80s, 90s, and everything after that. So I wanted to kind of go back because we haven't really done many movies earlier than 1980 so i wanted to try and find something either in 70s and 60s i first started looking at like old kind of trucker movies that were inspired by like Smokey and the bandit or uh, yeah. dukes of hazard went through that because there was a bunch of them on amazon prime <laughs> and i didn't find anything super interesting watched like half of hour of a couple of them and i'm just like eh, it's not really feeling it and then eventually i stumbled upon on Amazon Prime, Barbarella, the cult classic. Never seen it before, but I've heard excellent things. Not really excellent things. I've just heard <laughs> that it's a cult classic. So I wanted to watch it, and we watched it. And that was this week's pick. So where are you guys coming from with Barbarella? All right, so I had heard of this movie. Never saw it. I did see its X-rated counterpart, I would say. Okay. I did okay. see parts of that. So I figured, okay, well, I kind of get the gist of it. If you know, if they did you <laughs> sort of, I mean, get the jizz. <laughs> well, they they substituted uh, brown shag carpeting for pink shag carpeting in the uh, sure. the other movie. But oh my god, this movie, man! It's it, this movie made me kind of not like Demolition Man. Okay. Because they have two things that are, I guess, Demolition Man took from Barbarella, I think. One was no contact sex. Okay. And two was there's, like, no weapons and everything's super lovey-dovey. I was like, oh, my God. One of my favorite action movies ripped off (laughs) this thing? That's so depressing. Uh, Jane Fonda looks great. I like how she essentially, her, her magic power is her vagina, apparently. <laughs> if, if something ails you, Jane Fonda's nether regions will, will cure you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't make the one guy see, the, the blind dude. <laughs> I can make it, see. Him the confidence to fly again. <laughs> right. Yeah. right, it should have been, I can fly now, and I can see. That's, I mean, no better, if you're a woman, and you bang a dude who's blind, and all of a sudden you give them the gift of sight. You you have to feel like the most powerful woman on earth, no? Yeah. It also depends what time period that occurs in. You might end up on a stake, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the 41st century, so. Okay. So, Dan, did you enjoy it? <laughs> did I enjoy this movie? Aspects of it, absolutely. As a movie overall, no. <laughs> what about you, Mark? So the only thing I knew about this movie going in is a little bit of useless bar trivia that the name of the band Duran Duran comes from this movie. So that was all I knew going in at all. You know, I had put those two connections together just for useless knowledge. Immediately, just about every time during this movie that I said, no, they're not going to do that. They ended up doing it. Like the opening scene, I was like, oh, they're not really going to show any any of Jane Fonda's breast. No, like the credits are going to cover it up or... 
you know, she's going to position well. And nope, it's just, I was like, yeah, yeah, well, it's 1968. So I guess they were just starting to experiment with this stuff. So that happens. And then, then the moment when I texted you, Ant, and asked exactly how high I needed to be to watch this movie was when all of a sudden a blind angel shows up um, <laughs> out of nowhere. And I'm just like, I, I don't, this is okay. I didn't really get what was going on for the most part <laughs> at all. And it was kind of obvious who Duran Duran was going to be in the movie. Because unless if there was a late character reveal, mm-hmm. they had met no one else in the movie. Sure. So, yeah, it was either going to be the the great tyrant was just Duran Duran over some, you know, space sex change operation or something. Or it was heard by, you know, like mm-hmm. it was like one or the other was, was going to happen. All the wordplay and stuff was kind of fun at times. I would just love to be the guy in the ice forest just kept going. I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't get that. Oh, God. Is that the hairy dude? The hairy dude. <laughs> the guy that that is my favorite moment in the movie, is when he takes the fur off, and then he's just as hairy underneath. I, I yelled, oh, my God. <laughs> favorite moment in the movie. It's impossibly hairy. <laughs> that puts Robin Williams to shame. Okay, yeah, so essentially, just like Dan, I don't think I like this movie, but I think I was more confused and trying to figure it out the whole time instead of gauging my entertainment value in it. Okay. So what do I think about the movie? That's a good question. Uh, as Dan said, Jane Fonda is, whew, my God, she's like a 15 out of a 10. In this yeah. movie. <laughs> I, I never realized, I guess, because I never saw Barbarella, but she was pretty incredible looking back then. This movie was weird. It just kind of like played along until what got me was the dolls that attacked yeah. her. <laughs> That's when I decided that this was the movie we were doing when I was watching it and that scene happened and I was like, all right, this is what we're covering that. And then when she meets the resistance fighter that kind of looks like Lieutenant Dangle, that entire scene is fucking hysterical to me. (laughs) The Uh, door, the door. (laughs) They do the hand sex seat hand sex. (laughs) Her hair goes up in curls and his hair just goes like spiky. (laughs) She's got too much vaginal power. That's the thing. I, I like how her immediate, like, so she bangs the hairy dude in the ice forest. And then immediately immediately from there on, it's like, oh, I'm just going to, like, have sex with everybody I see now. Yep. So her, her first thought when meeting a new guy is sex. <laughs> yeah. she. I mean, that guy, that guy must have gave her a real powerful orgasm. He inadvertently <laughs> saves the universe. He does. So, I mean, which isn't really, it's like, doesn't help. You know, it's down with the patriarchy kind of thing. Uh, it doesn't really help because it's no. really like the almighty penis <laughs> saves the universe here. The catchman does it again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy's job is just to round up children so they have to go into so slavery. <laughs> right. When they become of working age. He says it in a very... Like, this isn't so bad, but it is bad. <laughs> it's kind of like a really fucked up Wizard of Oz, this whole movie. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's better than Star Crash, I'll give it that. Mm. And this predates Star Wars. Yes, it does, by like eight years. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, from a French guy, too. That's why it's so weird. Yeah, it has what, Marceau Marceau or whatever? The, the Marceau, Marceau. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know why there's a famous mime in this world. Like, in his, <laughs> like that's something I don't understand. Why did why was Marcel Marceau like the famous mime? It's the only mime I know. So that's the only mime me. anybody knows. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Yeah, who decided to make the mime in a movie? Right. I mean, he's been in a few. He was in one of the Mel, like silent movie directed by Mel Brooks, and I think the gag is that he talks in that movie. Okay. I don't get it. He's the he's the professor, right, or the doctor? The, uh, the smart. He's like the smart yeah. dude. Yeah, he's yeah. the professor, the one that puts the thing on his head to, I guess, read everything. I don't get. I like the sound effects in this movie when the professor is checking out Barbarella's spaceship, uh, and it's like cartoon, bing bong, bing bong. <laughs> so it's it's like he's tapping the side, and it's making those cartoonish. Bing, bing, bing. Like, okay, like that's to me. I just, I, I lost it there. The, <laughs> the leather robot guys. Yeah. What, and how they just constantly scream ah. <laughs> that didn't get annoying any like super quickly. There were some really interesting ideas in this movie, but the budget didn't allow them to really flesh it out. No. Right, because they, they had the whole like they had a maze and they had the dictator. And they had these flying saucers and everything. And it's just, they, they just didn't have the money to really make it like a Star Wars. Mm. But holy shit, man. There is some interesting people in this movie. <laughs> oh, r- real quick. My favorite part of the movie is the very beginning. Jane Fonda is naked. And not, yep. not, that's not my favorite, why it's my favorite part. But she gets a communication from the president. Yeah. And the president is just staring at her boobs. <laughs> It's so clear that the president is staring directly at her boob. And he tells her, don't don't bother getting dressed. This is a state matter. Which I don't right. know what that means. <laughs> Can you imagine doing that now to, to a woman? Like, oh, don't bother getting dressed. It's uh, super important. Yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. So Barbarella from 1968, based on the French comic strip of the same name, was directed by Roger Vadim, French director. Uh, one of his most famous is And God Created Woman. But most importantly, he fucked everyone. So he basically married or impregnated all the gorgeous blondes of the 1960s. He quote-unquote discovered Bridget Bardot when she was 15, mm-hmm. married her shortly after her 18th birthday. Then he married Jane Fonda. They were married during the filming of this. And total, he married five times total in his life. Had four kids with four different women, one of which was Catherine Deneuve, another gorgeous French blonde, whom he never married. And he also claims he coined the term discotheque. <laughs> <laughs> he made outrageous claims like making up the question mark. <laughs> Stars Jane Fonda, John Philip Law, Anita Pallenberg, Milo O'Shea, Marcel Marceau, Claude Dauphine, Veronique Vendel, David Hemmings. David Hemmings is a repeater. And I am forgetting what he was in besides this, but I will remember it afterwards. IMDb score of 5.9 and Rotten Tomato score of 74%. Budget, $9 million. Box office, I had trouble finding, but it earned $2.5 million in the U.S. in 1968. was the second most popular release in the U.K. in 1968, second only to The Jungle Book. And then after the release of Star Wars, it was re-edited to remove the nudity and re-released in 1977 as Barbarella, Queen of the Galaxy. I didn't hate this movie. I enjoyed it, but it's. I'm assuming that they made this with the camp in mind. I don't think it was accidental because before we even see Jane Fonda in a spacesuit, we see a spaceship 
very clearly on a wire. <laughs> so I'm assuming that his intentions was to make a campy space sci-fi movie. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it, it fulfills the promise of nudity immediately. And then it moves away from it, though, you know. Yeah, that was kind of surprising because, you know, she's getting with every guy that she runs across. But you only see, you know, you see nudity in the very beginning. The chess pieces that she wears are, are kind of see-through. Mm-hmm. So I guess you can kind of say that. Yeah. But I'm not saying that I, I needed to see it constantly. But it was just like, that's very strange. You show it once and then never again throughout the entire runtime of this movie. Right. I was almost certain that when they panned up for the angel, that he was just going to be naked. <laughs> Maybe that if it was been a hilarious. French production, it would have... Yeah. yeah, as they're panning up, I'm like, yeah, here comes some dick. That's <laughs> Yep, that's exactly what this movie is going to have in it. Some angel dick. I thought this was in the 70s. Like, this definitely has like a 70s vibe, but it's 68. Yeah. They didn't care, man. It's, it was free love and yeah. just do whatever you want. Like, I wonder what the equivalent would be now of, like, so, like, Jane Fonda is, you know, at that point, she's Hollywood royalty. Her dad, her dad is Henry Fonda, mm-hmm. all people. So it's like, what's the equivalent of just someone dropping, dropping her drawers for a, sh- a weird movie like this? Uh, someone, like, so royalty-wise? It's not every day where, you know, someone that's pretty prominent. She's already, by this point, she's already starred alongside Robert Redford in Barefoot in the Park. Mm. It was a pretty big movie. Um, she was in Cat Baloo, which Lee Marvin won an Oscar for. So she's not in. She's not like an up and coming actress, like let's say a Margot Robbie in Wolf of Wall Street. Like that's their first big break. She's got to you know take her clothes off in Martin Scorsese movie. So right. it's a person that doesn't need the job, <laughs> you know? Maybe right. Like a Charlize Theron, maybe. Maybe or like when Halle Berry like oh, showed her tits and Swordfish. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. Cause she, was she coming off the Oscar win there? It was before the Oscar. So she before she Oscar. got naked for Monsters Ball, but the first time she got naked was in Swordfish, Swordfish which is also like a shitty movie. So it's like yeah. some like Monsters Ball. I'm gonna get nude and then I'm gonna get an Oscar. You know, it's like uh, I'm in this shitty movie that no one's really gonna like in ten years. <laughs> maybe Jennifer Lawrence. I maybe. don't know. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, does it have to well, be a Red blonde? Sparrow? Wasn't you know on the level of this or even swordfish yeah tell us about the porn counterpart dan well <laughs> not that i know these people wink but i, I believe barbarella is i believe like i like i don't know <laughs> i'm trying to save face here without you know like diving right into it so barbarella is played by riley Steele, and the only other actress that i know is in it is asa akira so those are the two big names. Gotcha. And I think Asa Akira is the dictator. The great tyrant? The great tyrant, yes. Thank you. She's the great tyrant. And, you know, they you know they do their thing. And uh, Barbarella is Riley Steele. So. Is it Barbarella or Boobarella? It's not Boobarella. It's Barbar- I think it's just Barbarella of XXX parody. Interesting. I feel like that is a very niche audience. Right. I mean, but like you said, it is I mean, a very cult classic. Right. I mean, like, those names, I'm assuming it was, like, 2010-ish. Mm-hmm. And, like, how many people clamoring for the the Barbarella porn parody. But now here's the thing. People don't clamor for the name. They clamor for the sex. <laughs> sure. So you could you could name it whatever you want. They made a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles XXX parody. Well, but that, there's nostalgia to that. So, sure. Like, 
Like, if someone was like, oh, man, they made a Lord of the Rings parody, for me, that doesn't really mean much to me because I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan, you know? Sure. For someone like you is like, yeah, I want to see Gandalf giving it to Arwen. The, I don't know, Aragorn. <laughs> I, I can only think of the men's names, so I don't know if you'd want to see that. But uh, a female Aragorn, right? Arwen. Okay, there we go, Arwen. Yeah. yeah. So, now, to be fair... That's probably one of the only parodies I've never seen. And I love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you don't is, want it ruined. That's is the right. cast yeah, the, not up to par? The, the integrity of the uh, the book, it's not what Tolkien would have wanted, really, I think. <laughs> Dan, would I be wrong if I took a guess at who stars in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles porn parody? Or you is would it get your it, one of those? I, I would give you three guesses, but you'd only need one. <laughs> okay. Just yeah. wanted to make sure if they went two on the nose for that one. The, yeah, they definitely still? did. What's that? Evan Stone? <laughs> no, April O'Neil. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I told the bit, Dan. <laughs> no, I, I honestly thought Anthony didn't know, but no. Evan Stone, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> I, I, I just threw two names together. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, like you know the, the comedian David Tell? Yeah. And he had that, that show, Dave's Old Porn. Yeah. I, I could be the spiritual successor of that show. <laughs> I can hey. carry Dave's torch. Let's start a Patreon. <laughs> just, just Everyone's discuss. Patreon episodes. We have this exact show, but instead of watching shitty movies, we're watching shitty porn movies. <laughs> shitty pa- porn parodies. The oh, perfect. God. There's there's so many amalgamations. It, it, drives, it makes me go insane. It's like, Superman wouldn't be doing that to Spider-Woman. That's ridiculous. <laughs> they don't know each other. <laughs> I'm joking, by the way. I've never seen that. But, um, yeah, so that, I mean... Again, I don't know if people really cared about Barbarella. I was like, all right, well, I like this actress, so I'll just watch that, you know? All right. Everyone watches for the storyline anyway. We, we all know that. They should, they should bring back more storylines of porn other than, you know, getting trapped in a washing machine. Washing machine? <laughs> yeah, that, that's really the hype that. now. I, I don't get it. Like, bring back the pizza guy. You the know? plumber. Yeah. Yeah, the old standby. Cheerleaders that don't... They, Forgot they don't have pockets. They need to pay for this pizza somehow. <laughs> the classic. Well, my friends and I are having the slumber party, but we don't have any money. Bring back like, the oh. production value. Well, the production value is kind of there, I'll, I'll say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I. What's the uh, the best line? Like, oh, I hope there's extra meat in that pizza. <laughs> and then the boom, the the swanky music kicks in. Yeah, that's what we need. That that's what's going to heal America. Is the yes. high, higher quality plot lines of pornography <laughs> bring back yeah. lemon steel and whores jesus <laughs> yeah so are you saying the uh the quality of writing just isn't there anymore yeah yeah it's it's too on the nose right it's just too like hey we're home alone now mom or my dad is gone stepmom it's just us what are we gonna do that's it's bullshit like, yeah and then like when people are trying to sneak having sex and it's obvious that anybody could see them if they just have oh, two yeah. eyes, it's bullshit, man. <laughs> right, like under the counter. Yeah. Or, or the worst is when they're in the bed together. Yeah. Like the husband's right there. Like, Come on, oh. it takes me right out of it. <laughs> like the plot hole is huge. Huge plot hole. <laughs> yeah. Like, listen, there are heavy sleepers and then there's this guy yeah. who's, who's like, sleeping through the arm again. <laughs> <laughs> that would make more sense to the story, right? The, the wife kind of slips him a Mickey and just, yeah. boom, knocked him out. <laughs> Do you guys want to get into this plot? I want to keep talking about this. All right, we got to save it for the Patreon. That's true. <laughs>
So if you are listening and you want to hear us talk about shitty porn parodies, let us know, and then we'll create a Patreon and do just that. But Dan, what do you got for us? Okay, so moving away from that, uh, we're going to talk about our friend Tia and her podcast, Top Ten with Tia. That's a weekly podcast where Tia and her friend Brittany get together and they talk about top ten lists. So for Mother's Day coming up, they are doing a top ten mothers in, I believe, TV. So there's so many good mothers out there. Check it out. See if your favorite mom made the list. You could follow her at TC underscore Stark on Twitter. And you could check out her articles on Geek Vibes Nation. Great. And we are going to take a quick break while you listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. And we'll be back in a second. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back now it's time to get into the plot for barbarella we open with an obvious spaceship on a string then immediately zoom into the spaceship window and see a person in a spacesuit among classic art and round shag carpeting as the gloves come off we realize it is a female astronaut and a funky theme song starts as our unseen astronaut does a striptease as the visor takes a full 38 seconds to come down from her space helmet, revealing Jane Fonda as the titular Barbarella. Eventually, she finishes taking off her spacesuit, winding up completely nude in zero gravity, along with particularly frustratingly placed credits. And uh, and the, the song was just incomprehensible to follow, even with captions. <laughs> the only part a, I got was Barbarella's psychedelic. Yeah, oh, the cockle shell. <laughs> I, I I rewound that part. I was like, wait, did he say cockle shell? <laughs> it does. It's like the second line in the song. What does it mean? I don't know. There's something about cockle shell about your name or something like that. Yeah, it really, it doesn't rhyme with anything. No. It doesn't, I don't think cockle shells are brought up in the movie ever again. Mm-hmm. That was a choice. <laughs> it's always refreshing, though, that you get the nudity right out right out and done with right <laughs> yeah start off like just it's what reels them in yeah so bar barrel while still nude gets a video call from the president of earth who tells her not to bother with putting her clothes on it's a matter of state and then tells her that a young earth scientist named duran Durand has developed a positronic ray that could mean war in the galaxy so we find out it's been a time of peace for quite some time earth has no armies or police forces and uh they basically have not had to deal with uh, war for quite some time. So the president wants Barbarella to find Duran Duran and to stop him. She's the, because she's the most experienced space navigator for Earth. 
and he gives her a communicator with a built-in tongue box and then an arms full of weapons and sends her on her way. I do love the, the part when she has all the arms in her hands. <laughs> like, yeah. just got, like so many guns. The, the, the word tongue box, it gets me every time. <laughs> and she says it quite a few times. Yeah. I, I, let me adjust my tongue box. They knew yeah. what they were doing when they named that. Yeah. Oh, man. So dirty. <laughs> and not that, you know, we should rip apart the plot too much in this, but I, I thought that the president said, and you, you confirmed it with me, that they want to stop Duran Duran, but then at some point she said he was she was there to rescue him. Yeah. So I don't know I when that changed. I think it's an Apocalypse Now thing. Like, you know, that whole plot is you have to find this guy that's gone AWOL. It's more of the same thing and either oh, okay. stop him, I guess, bring him back. Okay, uh, so you're saying Apocalypse Now ripped off Barbara. Yeah, I okay. mean, uh, Heart of Darkness uh, precedes this, but see, but yes, essentially. <laughs> I think everything ripped off Barbarella. <laughs> yeah. Seeing yeah. the seeing uh, Pilar, or whatever his name is, on the crucifix okay. kind of just gave me visions of losing my religion music video. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> um, yeah. So... After she gets her weapons and her tongue box, uh, we have a wardrobe change as Barbarella sets course for Tau Ceti and goes into hibernation for uh, the 154-hour trip in a transparent bed pod that kind of looks like when a cat sits on a glass coffee table. Yeah. She wakes up and as the tri- trip ends and she has to roll around the shag carpeted set as there are quote-unquote magnetic disturbances as they pr- approach Tau Ceti. And it's basically just Jane Fonda throwing herself around the set. <laughs> yeah, go, go, going back to that thing she hibernates on, how how many times do you think the director tried to ask her to go, no, you have to be nude for this. This requires I, you to be nude. <laughs> I mean, he got her he got her nude once, and he is her husband. So. Yeah. And <laughs> he she was like, like no, I scene. gave you one, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, you got one, all right? I'll walk right off this goddamn set. You can try and uh, talk your ex Bridget Bardot into doing this movie. Yeah. Do, you, do you know who my father is? <laughs> yeah. You want my dad come down here? Yeah. <laughs> get on a plane come to france and we'll see what's up i feel like henry will probably beat the shit out of him <laughs> yeah yeah i could imagine that <laughs> now so we had kind of gone over how jane fonda was pretty much like royalty at this point like wh- why would you do this type of movie right like this i guess yeah because they, t- they told her no so, yeah, Henry Fonda told her that you shouldn't do this because she was about to go to uh, she was about to go to Vietnam and really piss off a lot of people. So she's like, why not? Wait, <laughs> she was gonna go to Vietnam? Oh, so uh, Jane Fonda is like uh, the right wing hate Jane Fonda because she was very vocal about uh, being anti-Vietnam War. Oh, they called her Henry yes. Jane, and she has come out and she has apologized for certain things we've done, specifically certain pictures that were taken of like her sitting with like Viet Cong. Um, but yeah, she's super, was super anti, uh, Vietnam war. Oh, Very vocal. Okay. About it. I think by 1970, so like a couple of years after this is when she really got vocal about it. Okay. Wow. I think, I think she was on Nixon's, uh, Nixon's list, creep oh, list. The hit list. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. It, it's funny because I, for some reason I thought Jane Fonda was like dead because you picked this movie and then at work, I had to watch a bunch of Jane Fonda like workout videos. I was like, did Jane <laughs> Fonda die? And I did. I did have to. I had to. <laughs> it was because uh, I know she was famous for her workout videos, but like not just that, obviously, but you know that that was big. Like, did she die? And I just didn't know about it. 
Like I'm like looking no. through Twitter, like no, no, Jane Fonda's still alive. Well, now she will be with, with this movie, <laughs> with this podcast. She's still, uh, she's still active. Grace and Frankie, I think, is still a thing. Okay, yeah, I remember you saying that. Yes. Uh, so, uh, the magnetic disturbances turns off all the na- navigation and computer functions, so Barbarella has to navigate manually. Eventually, they crash land on Planet 16 on Tau City. Uh, after another costume change. Barbarella gets out of the ship and walks onto an ice planet. As she inspects the damage to the ship, she's approached by two twin girls speaking an alien language. She tries to adjust her tongue box in order to speak with them, but one of them sticks a gem into a snowball and hits her in the head and knocking her out. They tie her up and then they put her on a sled pulled by a weird octopus creature as they take her prisoner. (laughs) What's wrong, Dan? That octopus creature and the music playing in the background. (laughs) That was so freaky. The music's great in this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. What? Great. Yeah. I mean, for the type of movie this is, it, it kind of resets I, the mood, the tongue-in-cheek mood. I think it's nightmare fuel. <laughs> uh, so uh, they take her to what she recognizes as Duran Duran's spaceship, which has been taken over by a bunch of twin children with ridiculous hair and also some rabbits. I don't know. The children then tie her <laughs> to a pole and set up a bunch of biting dolls to slowly walk over to her and bite her. They start biting her, tearing at her clothes, because that's what they would do, making tiny bite marks uh, as the children look on with glee. Then a man shows up with a couple of guards, snatch those weird-ass kids up into a net and shuffle them away, while one of the men sets Barbarella free. After she adjusts her tongue box, he introduces himself as Mark Hand. His job is to catch feral children as they reach working age and they are turned into the authorities for slave work, I suppose. So Barbarella asks him if he's ever heard of Duran Duran, and he says no and tells her he can take her to her ship with his ice craft and then see what the problem is with her ship. And then she gets into his ship and he gets a good luck at her ass and what could only be described as futuristic yoga pants. <laughs> yeah, he gets close enough to sniff. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> she was... She was prepared for those workout videos, Dan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she knew what she was doing. Uh, The Ketchman's vehicle is like an RV. and Barbarella says the fateful, I don't know how I'll I'll repay you for your help. And then he says, let me make love to you. And we then find out that the Earth has done away with sex for centuries. They now take pills and touch each other's palms while they wait for psychocardiograms to merge. But she's game for sex with Catchman, though she doesn't understand the point. And he talks, takes off his fur coat to real, reveal more fur, and then they fuck. Oh, God, that must have been the most uncomfortable sex ever. <laughs> Just a rug burn. Yeah. Oh. She's, probably, she's probably still picking hair out of her mouth from that. <laughs> Well, apparently it was pretty great sex, because as the catchman gets dressed and goes to work on her ship, as Barbarella recovers from what can only be described as a mind-melting orgasm, she helps herself to one of his furs, and she's back in her ship, not before they share pleasantries and googly eyes as she flies away. Barbarella gets back on the ship and tries to fly the ship to Sogo, but I guess the catchman fixed the ship incorrectly. Putting the stabilizers it in reverse, I think, that's <laughs> what the, the system said. In so it went down instead of... <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. So instead of lifting off, the ship burrows through the planet's surface and goes deep into a cavity below the surface. She crash lands again in another costume change as she dishes <laughs> the furs for a mod-style sleeveless jumper and thigh-high boots. I don't love thigh-high boots. Oh, the best. <laughs> the mod-style, just so attractive. Uh, they should bring it back, really. Yeah. Uh, no more, none of the uh, the low-rise jeans, just mod, mod dresses and thigh-high boots. I'm, I'm game for that. Uh, as she gets out of her ship to investigate, she trips and hits her head, momentarily knocking herself out. She wakes up to find Pygar, a blind bird person slash angel, running his hands over her. 
mentions that he's been to Sogo, but he also mentions that he doesn't fly anymore, not because he can't, but because he's lost the will to do so. It's sad. Yeah. <laughs> sad existence for Pycar. And he but says it in such a monotone way that you can't tell if he's actually upset by it. No. Uh, the subsurface place is a labyrinth inhabited by the exiled from Sogo. Sogo is a place of pure evil that lies on the hill above. Pygar brings her to Professor Ping. Ping tells her that he's heard of Duran Duran and that he believes him to live in Sogo. And he'll try to get her spaceship running in order for her to get to Sogo. Ping takes a look at her ship and says he could fix it, but he has no idea how long it's going to take. Could take days, could take weeks, could take months. So she can't wait that long, so she tries to get Pygar to fly her to Sogo. But he says he cannot because of muscle atrophy. But Ping tells her that he can, he just doesn't have the morale. So Barbarella asks to see Pygar's home, and she finds out it's a nest. But then the Black Guard shows up and tries to capture Barbarella. She drops her gun and kicks it over to Pygar, and she instructs him to shoot the guard. It blows up and reveals that the guards are made of leather and nothing on the inside. And then Barbarella and Pygar fuck in oh, Pygar's nest, no less. <laughs> it's so funny. They immediately go, oh, you know, he doesn't have the will. And the first thing that goes through Barbarella's mind is, I know what can help him out. <laughs> I have yeah. what he needs. Yeah, before, before, before the black guard shows up you could see it going through her head like oh yeah he just needs a little uh, little spring in his step yep <laughs> starch in his collar will get him flying again yeah, <laughs> yeah. thank you catchman yeah. yeah 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 you're right like as you guys were saying like he essentially helps save the universe yeah by showing her that she should fuck instead of hold hands oh it's such a it's hilarious but also like can you imagine <laughs> that being made nowadays <laughs> right yeah like, the power's in your vagina like, well, yeah, but it's to help men find their powers, essentially. And it's like, yeah, yeah. it's not a great look. Like, I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> They're arcanas. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be hilarious. I can't achieve my arcana. I'll help you get your arcana. <laughs> there when you he, go. And when they finish, oh. they shoot a laser beam out of their eyes. <laughs> it's 100% how Johnny Cage is getting his arcana. Right. <laughs> Just lights up green. Uh... And this gives him the confidence to fly again. And then we get another wardrobe change. So Pygar takes Barbarella and fly towards Sogo. And the Black Guard chases them in the film's version of TIE Fighters, which this predates Star Wars, as we mentioned, which Barbarella manages to shoot down as Pygar flies them to Sogo. Pygar gets shot down at, and momentarily knocked out, and they fall, but he regains consciousness right before they hit the ground. And then she shoots the last couple with her laser, but just in time as her laser has run out of power. They land in the back streets of Sogo, and they create more attention than they expect, with the dregs of Sogo staring at them. And then Barbarella is immediately kidnapped by a couple of sleeves bags who take her to an into an alley full of bubble wrap and with intent to rape her. <laughs> She's saved with a switch by a switchblade wielding woman with a crotch window in her outfit, who is intent on calling her pretty pretty, and she also wants to fuck Barbarella. Apparently, uh, there was a sex scene between these two that was eventually cut. I don't think it was ever shot, but it was planned. Uh, I don't think any nudity, but just like, you know, how she fucks Pygar and everything. Right. Barbarella cuts, leaves. And I guess it cuts, right? Yeah. Uh, Barbarella leaves and looks for Pygar. Uh, she follows a trail of feathers and finds him being attacked by the street trash of Sogo. She pulls him into a room, which he identifies as the Chamber of Ultimate Solution. Which basically means it's a suicide chamber, and they have to choose between three possible deaths. They watch as an unnamed woman picks a death behind a door, and she screams as she goes out of sight. There's no way out, so Barbarella decides they need to choose a door and try to stave off death. But as they're about to go through one of the doors, they're stopped by the Grand Tyrant's concierge, 
at the behest of the tyrant itself. Spygar is taken away by the black guards in a in a net as <laughs> pulls them up. <laughs> what's the line she has she she's looking for pygar and she hears screaming like oh nothing good comes from screaming like oh do you think no it's something it's it's almost the exact opposite a lot of dramatic things come from start with a with a scream or something a weird line it's such an out of like out of character like breaking the fourth wall kind of moment (laughs) what an odd thing to say yeah, I don't remember exactly, but it is to that to that point. Uh, so Pygar is taken away by the Black Guard, and Barbarella is sent down a slide further into the planet to some sort of underground sex club, and is brought before the Great Tyrant, who was the woman that kept calling her Pretty Pretty, who has had her own wardrobe change as well. The Tyrant reveals that she has captured Pygar as he has committed a number of crimes, escaping the labyrinth, killing Black Guards, and depriving the Tyrant of the pleasure of an Earthling. I just want a uh, villain... Um, or antagonists or anything from here on out, every time someone sends something wrong, to just say what they did and then just say crime <laughs> after, <laughs> each, after each thing. Or what was like, leaving the maze, crime. crime. <laughs> Being an angel, crime. crime. <laughs> yeah, paddling, in sc- paddling the sco- school canoe. That's, That's a paddle. paddling. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine getting pulled over? Like, taillight out, crime. <laughs> Driving with an expired license, crime. <laughs> like, holy shit, man, this is serious. Uh, so Barbarella then grabs the tyrant at laser gunpoint and threatens her face unless she releases Pygar, which that is all the tyrant cares about, is that the possible threat to her face. Um, she does. She releases Pygar, and then the concierge r- reveals that the gun is without power, so it's basically no more harmful than a child's toy. So they send Barbarella away to the birds as punishment. They take the ty- then they take, and then the tyrant takes Pygar to the back to make love to her, and he says he doesn't know what that means, and that an angel is love. He doesn't make love. So she says she's going to send him to the the Mathmos. I think that's the name of the thing. Magnetic magnetic energy of pure evil. Uh, meanwhile, Barbarella gets put in some sort of see-through pod and then gets attacked by parakeets. <laughs> but what tear off her clothes? Do they usually attack people? <laughs> I don't know. They all look very adorable, though. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they're they're so sweet looking, and I can't remember the last time I've ever seen the headline "Woman Killed by Parakeets." Yeah, it's like at least the birds had some crows in there and some pigeons. Right, right. things are... that had beaks that yeah. really. You could probably catch a parakeet with your bare hand and, like, toss it against the wall. <laughs> right, you could kill it. Yeah, just, like, step on it or slap it. Um, <laughs> they're not very threatening, is what we're saying. <laughs> right. They're, they could kill you with cuteness. That's about it. Yeah. Eventually, she falls down a chute where she meets Dildano, some sort of resistance fighter that looks like Lieutenant Dangle from Reno, Reno 911. The chute she fell down is one of the chutes the resistance has set up across the city. And she offers him money for her government as payment for her safety, but he says he wants something else. She thinks he means the sex the old-fashioned way, but he means the new way on Earth involving pills and touching palms. So then they fuck in a way. (laughs) It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's so ridiculous that the first thing he mentions is sex. (laughs) Right, because we're like, oh, like I saved your life, but now you have to let me bang you? Like, that's not how this works. You know, like you're supposed to, you're not supposed to save someone in hopes that they'll fuck you. <laughs> you. You save them because you want, you know, you you care about their life. 
Soldano is is just standard nice guy, right? You no, he's not. Nice guy, no, TM. Quote unquote, nice guy. Uh, oh yes, yeah, okay. I did something nice for you. Now you should reward me with sex. Yeah, that's so ridiculous. And then she offers him sex, but not that sex. Right. Like, wait a minute, buddy. Like beggars can't be choosers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the idea of sex has also been withdraw, like taking out of any concepts that we have in terms of love and and making love right so she she sees it as oh it's a thing that i get pleasure out of mm-hmm. uh, she doesn't think of it as something that is uh connected to love now do you think they use protection in this oh no uh, i think not, i right? think the catchman got her super pregnant <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah he's in- incredibly virile <laughs> yeah She's she's dicked down after that scene. <laughs> but she's singing after that. Yeah, yeah. Like, she, I mean, she sings too after Pygar as well. I mean, you know, he's an angel. He's got yeah. he's got to be able to fuck, right? Now, I I gotta ask Jen, like, how come you don't sing after we do it? Like, is it like is it <laughs> me? Answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> right, because right, then she'd be like, well, do better. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm gonna talk to her about it. So I want to, like, what would it take to make you sing afterwards? Like, probably for you to be someone completely different. That's that's what it would take. Joe Manganiello. Right. If you're not Michael B. Jordan or Joe Manganiello, I won't be singing after we do the deed. So uh, they fuck in the new Earthway, which is touching palms, and then slight jolts on the, uh, happen between their bodies until their hair starts blowing in a non-existent breeze. It eventually gives Barbarella a perm, and it nearly kills Dildano. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, while this is going on, until Tano almost has a stroke because of it, I think her, her her sex powers is just too much. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's off the charts. Yeah. Uh, one of Dildano's men comes in asking for more weapons before the next attack and then leaves. I love the fact that Dildano's hair is just fucked up for the rest of the scene. Yeah. Oh, and and the, uh, the, the fellow resistance fighter watches them do this it just like <laughs> stares awkwardly at them he's like oh should should i not be here right now or oh what do i do this is super awkward yeah do you think he actually knows about that kind of sex or or uh, did, was he just confused at what they were doing it to me it looked like he knew they were quote unquote doing it right he seems super eager because he, he wants the whole do two hands at first and mm-hmm. then she puts one hand down and and then only oh. they do one hand yeah we were talking about the guy that walked in oh like does he know uh, I don't know. He might not. Oh this no! Thing, right? Yeah, and and think Barbarella even says, like, "Where did you get that pill? Only people on Earth have it." Right. Because see, he, he says that he got it from Duran Duran. Right. So yeah, maybe the the other guy is like, "What the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> I did. I did like the this the moment with uh, Jane Fonda when she straightens her hair out and that guy's staring. He just looks over. <laughs> she looks over and goes, "Hi." And looks back and sees he's still just hand in the air, gyrating. And she's like, yeah. oh, wait, one, one second. <laughs> okay. Well, she's nice. She finishes him off. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> the true lady. Uh, then Dilda- afterwards, Dildano reveals that he got the Earth sex pill from Duran Duran. And the wardrobe change for Barbarella. She changes into a revolution uniform. Dildano tries to strike a bargain with Barbarella. She wants to find Duran Duran, and he wants to capture the queen. So she helps him by allowing him to use her equipment and ship. He'll help her. He mentions that she has a, that the queen has a dream chamber that he owns a secret key to, and that will help capture her. Uh, they use a radio to call Ping to check in on the ship. 
and he says that he fixed it, but the Black Art has been patrolling the labyrinth. And then Dildano shows Barbarella the key, which is another ridiculous moment in this movie, because the key is invisible. <laughs> the only way to open an invisible door is with an invisible key. Exactly. I mean, it makes yeah. sense, Ant. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, then, and then he loses it. It's not on that that uh, nice cushy pillow that he was keeping it on. So he has to kind of fumble around all his other tools until he eventually finds it, which he does. And he, and he puts it around her neck for safekeeping. So he raises a transportation tube and sends Barbarella on her way into the city with a map in hand. She gets shot out on her ass, and she's in some sort of hedonistic chamber with stoned people smoking some sort of hookah called Essence of Man. Basically, there's a man swimming in the water part of this hookah, so it must taste wonderful. Oh, God. <laughs> she gets offered a hit, but reneges, but then she sees the concierge and the black guard coming, so she tries to act casual among the stoners, but it does not work. Concierge puts her into, uh, so he captures her and puts her into a sex pipe organ, supposedly to kill her with pleasure. So as he plays the organ, the machine gives her orgasm after, after orgasm. He plays faster and faster, but the sex organ machine is no match for the unbridled sexual power of Barbarella, and it blows up. I just love how he was getting more and more into it, yeah. you know, as it was going along. Like, when they did the zoom out of him fake playing whatever, or like, organ it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's getting really pissed off about it. Yeah. She's just taking all the orgasm. So the concierge gets pissed and storms off, shouting how she'd wish he had killed her from the pleasure, and he's going to go get his devices. He comes back, and she realizes that he is Duran Duran. He's aged 25 years, and he should have. He says that he sacrificed his youth for the powers that the Mathmos has given to him. She asks him what his positronic ray does, and he tells her that it sends matter into the fourth dimension. And then wardrobe change. Duran Duran reveals that he wants to take over Sogo, but the queen stands in his way. She says that she could give him access to the Chamber of Dreams because she has the second key. So he holds her at gunpoint, and they go to the Chamber of Dreams. As they get to the chamber, they struggle over the invisible key. Duran Duran gets control of it and tosses it into the Mathmos and then pushes Barbarella into the chamber, then gets the second key and tosses that into the Mathmos, locking both Barbarella and the queen inside the chamber. Eventually, the Mathmos is supposed to devour them both. So Barbarella stumbles around the chamber as the queen sleeps, her psychedelic dreams being projected on the wall of the chamber. Barbarella wakes up the queen to let her know they are trapped. The queen says that unless she is, unless she is not alone... Unless she is alone in the throne room, the Mathmos will devour her. Some stupid rule <laughs> I I, that I didn't quite understand. So the queen dials into a screen that shows the throne room and Duran Duran about to be coronated when someone run, runs in to talk of an attack from the labyrinth. So the queen switches the view to the labyrinth and Dildano is staging a coup against Sogo, successfully destroying the Black Guards and the Air Armada. So Duran Duran starts the positronic ray and sends the opposing forces into the fourth dimension, including Dildano. Resigning herself to death, the queen decides to use the supreme weapon, which is to release the Mathmos against Sogo, which will destroy Sogo and be the quote-unquote apocalypse. But as she does this, the Mathmos gets unleashed, but creates a bubble around the queen and Barbarella to protect itself from Barbarella's innocence. The Mathmos starts taking over Sogo, and Duran Duran watches as Mathmos destroys Sogo and his positronic ray. Uh, The Mathmos vomits up Barbarella and the queen because she is too good and they're washed up near Pygar, who is also too good to be devoured by the Mothmos. Barbarella wakes up Pygar, and he flies Barbarella and the Queen to safety into Barbarella's spaceship. Pygar saves the Queen because he says that an angel has no memory. And they fly away. And that's the end of Barbarella. We got through that super quick. Yeah. Uh, well, that's yeah. a weird... Like, what, So, 
angels have no memory? Well, she's like, why did you save her? She was so shitty the entire time you've been right. on here. He says, it doesn't matter to me because the angels have no memory. So he's inter- eternally good because oh, okay. he doesn't he doesn't put that against her. Oh, okay. She's worthy of saving. It's a weird movie. Uh, she's great in it, though, Jane Fonda. She yeah. seems like she's super game for the whole thing. Um, however ridiculous it is. Um, we mentioned that she's ridiculous looking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it for what it is. Uh, like I said, it's better than Star Crash. It's a silly movie. I was That's exactly what I was expecting. So I kind of, you know, had that idea going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I liked more... I liked more the sum of its parts kind of way. Like, there are certain aspects that I liked, but the overall product, it's just too... uh, It's too campy, even for me. Sure. And I like camp, but, man, like, sometimes it's just... It gets a little too much. It's overpowering campiness, you know? Uh, There's some... There's a lot of annoying parts in this movie. Like I said, the, like, the leather dark men Mm -hmm. with their... Every five seconds, they whip, <laughs> and it, I just felt I, like my ears were bleeding. Um, like the music is, it's like so psychedelic, and I just I never got into that type of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, what, like I'm trying to think of a band that was like psychedelic, like like Gold Earring. You know, mm-hmm. I hated them. <laughs> like my my parents liked Gold Earring, but I was like every time they came on the radio, I was like, God, this not this. Um, yeah, I, like Jane Fonda is great in it. It's she's super silly, and I agree. I think she's definitely she's up for whatever the script calls for her to do, and she carries the movie just fine. Um, I I finally realized where they get all those like you know Skinamax movies where like oh you know she's gonna fuck the world to death or <laughs> she needs she needs men to survive, and like well it's Barbarella. Okay, I yeah. get it now. Uh, so I didn't realize this was like that big of a pop culture influence mm-hmm. but you know that's awesome i'm glad i learned that Well <laughs> you mark yeah so essentially um w- what i was thinking was i wonder how many times jane fonda walked onto set and just went wait what are we doing <laughs> like sure you know like i don't remember this being in the script like what if a lot of drugs were you you know <laughs> sure. he, he's an angel what, what? <laughs> you know, like that that's the whole time i'm thinking in this movie is i it, it can only be one of two things either she was super into it and it's all in the script and she was like everything was coming or each day she walked on the set she had no fucking idea what she was walking into sure that, i mean that, i guess I guess that's what happens when your husband's the director. You know, like, yeah. look at all the shit that Melissa McCarthy's husband makes her oh, do. <laughs> God. She needs to get away from him. Yeah. Movie-wise, I'm sure they have a very lovely marriage. <laughs> you heard here first. Dan wants to break up Melissa McCarthy's marriage. <laughs> that, that's my new goal in life. <laughs> I, she'd probably kill for a Barbarella role at this point. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, but essentially the... the it felt like a very, and this is, I'm not hedging any new ground here or anything when I say this, but it felt a very of its time thing. Like, there are probably things that somebody that lived around that time frame would get out of this movie that none of us got out of it. Sure. You know, watching it. Um, but it it kept the string of me watching, uh, well, I don't know if it's been consecutive, but watching a movie Ant watch and just going, why? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> as we're going through it. 
Um, but I'm glad I didn't hate it. Um, that that's the only real hundred percent positive I can take out of this. Like, all right, it was dumb and I understand it. I don't know if I like it, but at least I didn't hate it. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like I wasted my time. And Jane Fonda is about ninety percent of that read. Yeah, she makes it easily. Yeah. If it's somebody else that's not hundred percent into it, like she is in this movie, then it it wouldn't um, it wouldn't become the cult classic that it is. Uh, I think fashion wise, it's um, it probably has a hu- had a huge influence in the in the time. I know I was reading that the the costume designer for Fifth Element took a lot of inspiration from from this movie. So there's definitely that uh, that aspect to this movie. Yeah, it's a good time. It's weird. Um, I think there is something to what you're saying, Dan, about like basically this being sort of the the first, uh, not the first, but like the kind of a very iconic, essentially softcore porn Skinamax flick before Skinamax was a thing um, with the the guy that directed Invisible Dad that we've covered on. This yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Fred Olin Ray. <laughs> Director of Ghost in the Teeny Bikini and um, Emmanuel probably Emmanuel in Space too is probably <laughs> has some big Barbarella cool. fan. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's weird. I'm you know check this one off the list. Don't have to watch Barbarella again, but maybe I will. I don't know. Um, you, I'm done. You guys want to plug your shit? Yeah, uh, my personal Twitter account uh, is at daquino122. Uh, I also run the Stranger Damies, Real Play D&D, Twitter. So come chat with me there. That's at Stranger Damies. Uh, so you'll see new episodes and uh, other silly things that we uh, we post on there. Yes, so we have our D&D podcast, Stranger Damies. Um, episodes air on our podcast channel every other Wednesday. And then in between that, if, I, if possible, I try to pull in an interview. Those go in between the episodes. But most importantly, we stream every session live on twitch.tv slash game vault pod um they are friday uh every other friday um so uh, just be sure to check out the twitter account at stranger damies um to see when the next session is coming up but they're a lot of fun um and we do interact with the chat between uh episodes so if you have questions and you uh want to chat about what just happened you know you can do it live while while we're recording it um, so be sure to check that out. Uh, Game Vault Podcast, which is where the Twitch channel comes from, um, airs every other Monday. Um, be sure to check it out. It's a podcast that me, Jen, and Tom do. Um, and uh, that's on Instagram and Twitter at Game Vault Pod. Basically all socials at that. And then the twitch.tv slash Game Vault Pod. Um, we stream about five nights a week. Uh, Wednesday is Apex After Dark, where we play Apex Legends. Thursdays is um, Paper Markio. And also sometimes a special appearance by Dan with uh, Dan of the Wild. Um, before that, where he plays through Breath of the Wild. Um, Fridays are Stranger Damies and nights we record the podcast. Um, so that's an every other week thing. But um, I believe every Saturday is now going to be Monster Hunter Rise um, with uh, uh, Jonathan and Jen. And then Dan takes Sunday for uh, the actual date of Dan of the Wild. Um, and then Mondays is Tom does his retro stuff where he plays a retro roulette game um, that we pick on the podcast, and then he plays a retro game in the in-between weeks there. So be sure to check us out. Like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. We need about eight or nine more new subs uh, to the Twitch channel to make Tom play Resident Evil 2 Remake on stream. So make that happen. <laughs> nice. 
And that's going to wrap it up for this week. We are They Call This a Movie. You can find us everywhere you get your podcast just by searching They Call This a Movie. So Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us there. We are TheMainDamie.com. You can find us at TheMainDamie.com. That's our main website. It's where we post our articles and all our shows. And it's also where we get our social media. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just look for The Main Damie and we'll be there. This show now has a TikTok, which you can find the TikTok just by searching They Called Us a Movie. So that's fun. Do, um, do we, we have a couple start of videos dances up. now? Yeah, we're going to oh do God, some dances. No. Please, no. <laughs> Those really half-hearted dances, which obviously white girls stole from black creators, but we won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> but we are also proud to member Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and on all socials and all podcast streaming apps just by searching Geek Fives Nation. Tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, there's surely a show for you. That's going to wrap it up this week. This week has been Barbarella, and the director of Barbarella is Roger Vadim. So, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Levicchio telling Roger Vadim, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? 